The world is changing rapidly. With so much out of our control, focus on what you can control, your growth. Tony Robbins is in the business of breakthroughs and they can come at any time, anywhere, even during difficult times. No matter where you are in the world, no matter how much time you have or don't have, you can still work on yourself. And now is the time. Go to TonyRobbins.com slash growth resources for content, apps, and other resources to maintain your focus and sharpen your edge at home. That's TonyRobbins.com slash growth resources. To say that we are living in unique times is a massive understatement. While we've seen tremendous change over the past 50 years, the level of fear and uncertainty we're currently witnessing is unprecedented. And unlike other times in history when our world has experienced tragedy or massive uncertainty, this is the first time in history where social media has fueled the spread of headlines that are designed to scare us. The overabundance of information online and in the news, some accurate, some not, has allowed information to spread and flourish at higher speeds creating an environment of heightened uncertainty that has fueled anxiety and fear. In these times, we need to remember to think critically for ourselves. If we don't, we're letting someone else dictate our focus. As Tony likes to quote his mentor, Jim Rohn, we need to stand guard at the door of our own minds. Whatever information you're feeding your mind on a daily basis and you focus upon consistently, you're going to experience as being what life is really about. And if we don't discipline our fears and control our focus, the world will gladly do it for us. It's your choice what to focus on. In today's episode, we're bringing you exclusive content from Tony, recorded years ago, that's part of his Power Talk series. And while this was recorded some time ago, his message is timeless and extremely relevant in times like these. Here's Tony. You know, I've passionately pursued profound knowledge, those specific ideas, strategies, beliefs, and distinctions that empower us, once we really understand them, to immediately increase the quality of our lives. And in following this path, I've had the privilege to meet, to interview, and many times become very good friends with some of the most successful people in our culture, from legends like international money manager John Templeton to some of the psychological and physiological masters, those people like Norman Cousins, Dr. Deepak Chopra, Dr. Bernie Siegel, some of the emotional coaches that I've met along the way, people like Dr. Leo Biscaglia or Captain Jerry Coffey, the man who spent seven years in solitary confinement in Vietnam and how he managed himself and turned himself around, or whether it be the masters of business or movies or music, people like a Peter Goober. These people never cease to amaze me with their ability to take a vision and make it real in spite of a lack of support from virtually everybody around them. No one jumped to support Bernie Siegel when he started talking about what human emotions could do to change the immune system, or Norman Cousins for that matter. I never ceased to be amazed how these individuals had the ability to hang on to their vision and continue to maintain their certainty in spite of an environment that doesn't support them. Why do they do this? Because they have quality information and they trust their instincts. And you know, in all my visits with these powerful men and women, I've constantly asked myself, what are the common denominators of their success? And while there are many things I could share with you that I've noticed, and I hope that you've noticed along the way, I think one stands clear above all the rest. These men and women all decided what they wanted their lives to be about. They created a vision and they never let the environment, other people's beliefs, or the limits of what had been done in the past shape their decisions. 
In fact, if there's one clear avenue to lasting impact, it's to ignore conventional wisdom and know that as one Fortune 500 executive said, if it can be described, it can be done. Yet, you know something, if you read a daily newspaper right now or you watch a television news show, you could easily be convinced by all the negative information and dispiriting stories that the philosophies that made these men and women successful were fads of a time that's really past, that today such an approach would fall short. It'd be easy to buy into the philosophy and actually fall into the trap of feeling certain that the good times have really passed and the future is indeed bleak. Why would people begin to believe this? Because, hey, our experience of reality can be depicted in a simple formula I wrote down the other day in my journal. I times F equals PR. Information times your focus equals your personal reality. Whatever information you're feeding your mind on a daily basis and you focus upon consistently, you're going to experience as being what life is really about. Think about the frame of reference that that creates for people in our society who are getting most of their information directly from a medium, which is not designing the best way to condition your mind to produce quality results. And the challenge is that the average American now watches television seven hours a day. That is the national average. Think of the quality of information that they're trying to build a quality life out of. We've all heard the term. We've heard it a million times. Garbage in, garbage out. And by the way, if they're not sitting there in front of the television set, they get to read the newspaper. And you know what? Papers have to generalize. They have to simplify. In order to take something complex and make it understandable in a small amount of space, it's got to be generalized. It's got to be simplified. Plus, we have to remember that news has to sell. It is a business in this country. And as a result, what sells more? Certainly, pain-oriented news sells more because it's a necessity for us to know more about it. I was talking to economist Paul Pilzer, the author of Unlimited Wealth, and Paul and I were chatting. I said, why is it that we have this unbelievably insane negative focus? And he said, well, there's a lot of possibilities. And we both talked about how moods in our country and in, around the world go through cycles like seasons. But he said, you know, the other thing, Tony, is you got to realize that bad news sells. I said, well, I've heard people say that before, but how do you explain that to people? I mean, I, you know, I have a tough time with it. He said, well, the reality is simple. If you and I are walking down the street here and we look at a newspaper and at the top of it, it says, this weekend's beautiful and sunny. We look at each other and smile and keep walking. Say, oh, that's great. If we walk by and we see big storm coming, suddenly, guess what? We stop to read and buy the newspaper so we can understand more. And it ties into something that you and I obviously understand. And that is that we'll do more as human beings to avoid pain than we'll ever do to gain pleasure. And so inherently, news organizations are not bad or wrong. They're only feeding the public what the public responds to. It's our own challenge. But the point of the matter is, if we don't consciously create a plan on how to feed our mind with information that can help us to make intelligent choices to increase the quality of our lives, then we only have ourselves to blame. And the challenge, though, is it's so easy to get seduced because everywhere you turn these days, somebody's got a bleaker picture to paint for you about what our future is going to be. But you know what? you got to remember that naysaying is not new. As long as there have been people with visions, there have been dozens lined up to stifle them. I don't care if it's somebody as far back as a Columbus or a Copernicus. And by, by the way, some of them just didn't want to stifle them. They wanted to kill them. If they disagreed with their viewpoints and they felt strong enough about it, they were physically attacked. Or some people just ridiculed. Somebody like Walt Disney. Here's a guy who was told by virtually every person he spoke to that his idea was absolutely ridiculous, that no one would go for it. In fact, he was turned down by more than 302 bankers before he finally got someone to help him to fund his vision. Stop for a second and just imagine the loss. 
that millions of children, and for that matter, adults, would have around the world if Disney had been a, quote, reasonable man and accepted other people's limiting views of his vision. You know, Peter Goober is one of the people I respect most in the world. And you know what? He told me a long time ago about when he was first making the movie Rain Man. He was told that, you know, no movie about some guy and his brother traveling across the country in a car is ever going to make it. you got to have action. In fact, four directors, including Steven Spielberg, quit the project. Many of them wanted to put all the sex and violence in it. And Peter said, absolutely not. This is a movie about a relationship. It's about the human spirit. He was totally unrelenting. He told everybody that it would win an Academy Award. And you know what? It won four. See, those who succeed are those who trust their instincts. But, you know, often the people that are bent on convincing you that you can't live your dream, they're really well-meaning. They don't want to see you get your hopes up only to see them dashed. After all, they're basing their views on reality, right? The challenge is that a person's reality is completely controlled by the information that you have available to you and that you focus upon. Yet those people who succeed in our society are those rare individuals who don't merely swallow the information that's fed to them, but instead they pursue quality information that will nourish their lives. They learn to trust their instincts. You know, so often we hear we live in an information age, but it's not only the fact that information is available to us that shapes our lives, but which information we focus on. That's what determines how we feel and what we do. See, when millions of people learned that Hong Kong would soon revert to Chinese rule, the majority of people began to focus on their potential for loss and what they do. They began to flee and they took all their capital with them. By contrast, John Templeton had the same information except he decided to focus instead on what was the potential for profit. He began to ask what companies the Chinese would need regardless of the environment. And you know what he did? He bought stocks from all the fleeing masses for pennies of their true value. What everyone else perceived to be a bad time, he perceived to be a phenomenally good time. It was a time of tremendous opportunity. And you know what? When all of a sudden people stopped fleeing and they began to think, well, maybe this is going to work out okay, and they started buying stocks again, sure enough, the emotional pendulum flew back. All of a sudden, people became extremely optimistic again, and John and his clients were rewarded for their immensely profitable decisions. They didn't go with the flow. They saw crisis as opportunity. In fact, in Chinese, you may know, the word crisis is composed of two characters. One of those represents danger, and the other one represents opportunity. So there are two paths. That of following the crowd, which clearly leads to destruction, pain, frustration, Standard education clearly gets a standard results. Thinking like the masses is a great way to make sure you never live your dream. And those who have the ability to go against the crowd, go against the general flow, are the people we often see as the geniuses. Again, whether it's the Columbus or the Copernicus or the Templetons or the Goobers, these are people that go completely against what others have thought, and that's why they've succeeded. Success is found in that hidden area that most people won't question, they won't look at. And the only way to change the quality of our lives then is to be willing to put ourselves out there and do something different. But why is this so difficult for us? See, some people are always talking about how they're doing things different, but they're not really doing things different. They're doing things like all their friends who are trying to do things different. They're modeling their friends. They're not really going with what they believe is right. They're not trusting their instincts. And one of the challenges and one of the reasons is we live in a society with so much uncertainty right now. It's increasing every day because, again, what's the information that's being fed to everyone? What are they constantly focusing on? Things that make them uncertain. They're looking to the past for answers. And the present is very different than the way it was in the past. People are not sure what to do. And there is a psychological principle 
that unless you understand it, you will be controlled by it. And that principle of human influence is known as social proof. Social proof is the single most potent way of influencing human behavior cross-culturally. I don't care if you're talking about in China, if you're talking about somebody who's living in the rainforest, or if you're talking to somebody living in L.A., they all are influenced by social proof. Social proof simply means that when human beings are not sure, when they're uncertain about what should be done or what something means, they inevitably look to others to see how to feel and what to do about certain situations. It's part of how we always learned. We've learned by modeling. The belief behind social proof is that if enough people believe something or if enough people do something, then it must be right. But no greater lie was ever told. That is not accurate. How many things can you think of that lots of people used to promote and do that you can see now are destructive? Hey, listen, one out of every three people in our country die of cancer. They're now saying that 80% of all cancer is directly related to lifestyle. 80%. One out of every two Americans dies of heart disease. Certainly what the masses are doing in terms of how they're eating and how they're thinking and how they're approaching health does not work. And those are just the top two diseases. 4,000 people dying a day of those two diseases alone. Just imagine that. You just heard Tony say, by taking control of the information that comes into your mind, you can improve your health. Prioritizing your health is extremely important, especially in times like these. Not only do you want to be able to perform at your peak, but you want to stay healthy for your loved ones too. Health is extremely important to Tony. In fact, staying in great health is what has allowed him to be a peak performer throughout his life and show up for his loved ones each and every day. And you too can get the same high quality, powerful, immune boosting supplements that Tony uses every day to keep your health at its peak. Visit TonyRobbins.com immunity to order Tony Robbins's Immunoboost C, a daily immune support. That's TonyRobbins.com immunity. When you were growing up, did people tell you, what is it, social proof that everybody smokes cigarettes to be cool? You know now how stupid it is. But back then, you did what the crowd did, or did you? Maybe you were unique. Maybe that's why you and I are listening to this together. Maybe we've always been this way. Or maybe you drank, or back in the 60s when everybody did drugs. The psychology of the crowd is one of fear. It's a group of people who are running around trying to find some way to get out of pain. They want a simple solution. Something that may not even be the real solution. They're looking for the source of the pain, and they want to eliminate it. They're looking for somebody to blame. They're looking for an enemy to distract themselves from the fact that they don't have control of their own lives. And you don't ever want to get swept up in it. But it's so hard not to. Why? Because we're inundated with this information. It's everywhere you turn. It's on the radio. It's in the newspaper. It's online. Unless you say, I must guard my mind... This kind of information that can do nothing but destabilize you, make you uncertain, potentially create a sense of foreboding or fear is going to be a part of your life. And you know what? If you manage to keep all the information out and you keep yourself in a good state, people around you, the crowd wants to push you into their way of thinking. It's like when they see somebody is thinking in a different way or a unique way, there must be something wrong with them. It's like they must be eradicated. We've seen this all the time. Human beings seem to have this upset with people that are different. I guess some people are afraid that if somebody else is different and they're happy, then maybe that makes them question whether or not they're doing the right thing in their lives. We don't want to allow that to happen to us. I know when I was growing up, I was always so different. I remember years ago when I was going back to my high school reunion, 
And on my way going up there, I literally regressed back to high school. I felt like emotionally, like I was back then, with a lack of confidence like I'd not had in years. I was feeling kind of down, almost the level of depressed. And I thought, this is ridiculous. What's going on with me? I began to realize it. So as I was driving up there, I decided to call my mom up on the phone. And I said, hey, mom, I said, I'm going up for my high school reunion. And she said, oh, my gosh, I can't even believe it. And she said, boy, does time fly. And she must have sensed something in my voice. And she said, honey, she said, I don't know what you're thinking about. She said, but I know one thing's for sure. You were very different back then. You were different than the rest of the people. You weren't accepted by them all. She said, but look what being different has gotten you in your life. And I, I thought, wow, moms sure have the right advice. Next time you got a problem, call mom. <laughs> I mean, that was brilliant input. Brilliant. I started looking around saying, look at my life now. Now I can't walk down the street anywhere in this nation without getting a chance to meet friends, people maybe I've never even met before and have gotten great value for their life. I mean, I get this unbelievable reinforcement all because I was different. So I can tell you, if you look at these people, whether it be a Paul Pilzer or whether it be a Peter Guber, these people are different. They're not like everybody else you're going to meet. That's why they're successful. Your goal should be to be different. Now, not just to be a rebel. That is to try and do the opposite of everybody else just because you think by being opposite, you'll be more successful or more unique. That's not it. Be yourself. Don't be what the crowd wants you to be. Don't bend just because everyone else around you wants to remake you in their mold. Realize that if you have a vision, that vision needs to be brought to reality and you're the source and that vision will only be brought to reality if you can continually focus on solution and not problem. Continually focus on the value you plan on adding versus all the fear and the challenge and distortion that will be surrounding you. Remember that the major- what the majority is doing is not necessarily the most effective. You know, even Thomas Jefferson talked about the tyranny of the majority, that we have to be very careful. Just because the majority of people think something or believe something does not mean it is best. Some people say, well, I don't go with the crowd. I'm much smarter than that. I only do what experts tell me to do. Hey, listen, experts are a crowd too. They're often educated in the same way through some of the same systems. So of course they're going to come up with the same answer, the same results. How about the medical profession? Great people, phenomenal people who busted their tail their whole life to try to help individuals, but they've all been educated by the same system. And obviously it's not working too well. One one out of three are dying of one disease and one out of two out of another. They haven't been educated on how to make a difference there. Those are degenerative diseases. Their focus is on how to solve a problem once it occurs, not to keep the problem from happening, which is what we have to do to be successful. Plus, some of the solutions that they've been given, they've been taught to give. They don't have time to test and understand every single drug. Experts told them this was the best drug for the job. Look at those things that we've accepted. One of the most common drugs given to mothers, pregnant mothers, was Benedictine, designed to take care of the morning sickness. And yet the reality is children started turning up with physical abnormalities. Women started developing all kinds of physical challenges. And all of a sudden, after years of saying this was the ideal drug, it was pulled back. We cannot trust because an expert has told us something that it is right. We've got to make sure we do our best to do our own research, to see if something makes sense to us, to see what the upside or downside is, to get more information rather than just knowing that because everybody else is doing it, it must be okay. And by the way, this doesn't mean the expert is trying to mislead you or that they're not educated. It just means the more important your decision is, the more educated you should be, the more information you have to be able to make conscious decisions for yourself. This is critical. And by the way, this means any kind of expertise. If I tell you something, 
You need to say, does this make sense to me? Does this jive with the information I have? Can I use this? And let me see what kind of results I get from it. Judge by that. Don't just go with the flow. There's a huge price for going with the flow, and the price is pain. Throughout human history, when people are not sure what to do, they look to somebody who seems to be certain, but because they're certain doesn't mean they're right. People can be certain and be wrong. They can be sincerely wrong. You don't want to get hooked. You want to make sure you're educated. Again, remember, the more important a decision is, the greater the potential consequences, the more you must consciously know and understand the more information you need to make intelligent decisions that can shape your life for the positive. But we've got to make sure that we constantly pursue the best information we can receive. The information we have and the information we focus upon determines how we think, how we feel, and what we do. So there are five information challenges that could show up in your life. And let me just point them out to you so you can become sensitive to them and you don't fall into the trap that I think so many of us have fallen into in the past. Number one, remember, information is worthless without a purpose. See, there's all kinds of information around you all the time, but if you don't have a reason to use it, you won't even notice it. See, there's a part of our brain called the reticular activating system, the RAS as it's described by experts, and it's a lot easier to say. That part of your brain, the RAS, is constantly determining what information that you're receiving from the world is significant enough for you to notice and to evaluate. In other words, right now, as you're listening to my voice, you might be in your car. How many things could you be noticing inside the car? inside your body, your heart beating really fast, the blood rushing from one section to another, certain pressure on different parts of your body. You could also be noticing things outside, like the person in front of you, which I hope a part of you is paying attention to right now. If you're at home, you could be looking at different things. You could be hearing different things. You could be smelling different things. There's so much information available, but your RAS determines what is significant enough for you to evaluate. If suddenly in your car, someone started coming from the other side of the road over, your brain says that's significant and you'd have to figure a way to respond quickly. The problem is if your RAS isn't sensitized to notice certain things, it just goes by because your brain can only focus on so many things consciously at a time. Whenever you make it clear to your brain that something is important, it's significant, it has a purpose in your life, then you start noticing it everywhere. The classic example that I've given so many times is when you suddenly buy a new car or you buy a new outfit and then all of a sudden what happens? Everywhere you turn, you see this car all of a sudden. Everywhere you turn, you see an outfit like this outfit. What's happened? Those cars were always around you. Those outfits were always around you. But by letting your brain know this is significant, now anytime that information is nearby, your brain becomes consciously aware of it. That's what happens when you set a goal. When you tell your brain this is what's really important to me, you start noticing anything that can get you to that goal more quickly. you got to constantly ask yourself, what's your purpose? What do you want to accomplish in your business, in your life, in your relationships? If you get real clear about what you value most, about what your goals are, suddenly information you weren't noticing at all, information that could immediately empower you, just jumps out at you. That's how I read books. When I go into a book, I ask myself, what do I want from this book? What is this book about? What are the potential answers from this book? What's my purpose in reading it? And then I scream through it and ideas jump out at me and then I'm able to use those and share them with other people. So remember, you're not going to use your information unless you're clear on your purpose. Information without a purpose is worthless. Get clear on the purposes of your life physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually, in relationships, and finance, and business. Know what's most important. The information will show up. The second challenge that we experience in an information age is that with all the information around you, you could still have an information deficit. That is, you could be in a situation where you don't know enough. Now, a lot of people are so frustrated with the the flow of information, the mass amount of information that comes across their desk or into their mailbox or into their life, that they've given up. 
A lot of people have rationalized it by saying, you know, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is pain. Ignorance is poverty. Ignorance means frustration. I don't care whether it be in the financial world or in the relationship world or in the parenting world or in business. What you don't know will hurt you. You've got to make sure that you get the information you need in order to be effective. It's not enough just to be confident. You got to be competent. And that means having a strategic plan on how to get a hold of any information you might need to be effective in a given situation. Just as one piece of information could totally increase the quality of your life, the lack of one piece of information could cost you a lot. I know in my businesses, with all the people that we have involved, I've had times where one or two decisions by an individual who wasn't completely informed have cost us tens of thousands, in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars. We've got to make sure that when we go into something that is important, that is significant, that we make certain that we have all the primary information we need to make intelligent decisions. And by the way, this information deficit can show up in a way that screws up personal relationships. Have you ever found yourself like forming an opinion or maybe even getting mad about something and then later on you find out you didn't even have all the information and you felt stupid about it, you felt bad about getting upset in the first place? I know I've done it. The bottom line is you're operating out of an information deficit. Sometimes it's not a deficit of information, but a deficit of quality information or a deficit of relevant information. Sometimes we've got so much information, we don't know what to do. Once again, the more clear you are about what you're trying to accomplish, what your purpose or what your goal is, the better you can define what information you need. And by the way, don't assume you have all the information you need because you've done something successfully in the past. We're living in a time where change is happening so rapidly that information that you had that worked in the past may not work today. Make sure you're up to date. And of course, the best way to do this, the best way to make sure you don't have an information deficit is find someone who's getting the results you want. Sit down with them. Tell them what you know and ask them what you don't know that you need to know. If I'm going to go take a trip and I'm going to go down some river and I know that there are rocky rapids along the way, I want to take an experienced person with me to point the way or I at least want to get them to draw me a map. See, to have them to tell me, hey, you've been through this before. What is it I don't know that if I knew my trip would be a lot smoother and I could probably get there quicker or I could enjoy the ride a lot more? Third major challenge with information I call information pollution. What I mean by that is, well, let me give you a classic example. In several different newspapers and magazines, there was this article about how this new study had been done that said, hooray, guess what? Eating chocolate can actually reduce cavities. And by the way, this was not in the National Enquirer. And people are like getting excited about the possibility of it. Well, a few days later in the Wall Street Journal, they came out and described who had sponsored the study. It was one of the largest chocolate manufacturers in our country. See, the bottom line is that company said, oh, they weren't just trying to support the organization of the study. They weren't trying to influence it. But it's not too hard to figure out that there might be a little influence there. So information pollution, by my definition, it occurs anytime someone is giving you information that clearly have secondary gain. If you've got a limited amount of information or information that's slanted or inaccurate, you've got to remember that it's still going to shape your reality. You're still going to make decisions based upon the information you have as long as you think it's accurate. Make sure you don't allow yourself to be polluted. It's the same conversation when it comes to our health. Think about it. If someone tells you something, make sure you ask yourself the question, do they have a potential secondary gain? That doesn't mean they're trying to mislead you. Could their own needs, their own desires, either to make a difference or to produce a quality product or to profit, could it be polluting their view and therefore polluting mine? What's another source of information? Again, the key to all of this 
is whenever the decision you're going to make is critical, it's going to affect your health, your relationship, your business, you probably want to work hard to make sure you have no polluted information. Anytime you're going to make decisions about how to feel about a friend, somebody tells you, hey, this person here is treating people really harshly, don't just buy into it. It might be an opinion. It might be a distortion. It might be a generalization. It might be information pollution that's going to affect the way you think about this person in the future. Stop and ask yourself, is there some other possible explanation here? Where can I get other information? Again, remember, somebody you may be giving the information may have totally positive intent, but they may not know what they're talking about. They may be sincere and yet be sincerely wrong. And there are those, as they talk about in government, who put out what they call disinformation campaigns. Those people out there who are deliberately trying to give you information that's not accurate so that you'll shape your decisions in a way that benefits them. Remember, the cheapest commodity on earth is advice. You can get it from anybody. So make sure if you're going to get advice, get it from somebody who's producing results, somebody who's already getting the results that you want. They're the ones who can tell you what works and doesn't. Don't go to somebody who's never built a business and have them tell you what's a good business to be in or not. I read an article in one of our national newspapers, and the article was very, very critical of business people in our culture, specifically some Fortune 500 CEOs and how they're just not doing the job, and that's why these companies are having to lay people off. Well, you know, it's really easy to criticize. It's very interesting to see if those same people that are writing these articles might get out there and try to do it themselves. They might find it's a little easier for them to criticize than to actually produce the result they're talking about. I've even seen some articles where some business deans were criticizing some CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And, you know, you look at these business deans' backgrounds, and in two of the three cases, they've never even been involved in any business in their lifetime, much less a billion-dollar business like the ones that they were criticizing. See, you got to be careful. Once you know your purpose, once you know a result you want to produce – Go to people that are currently producing results, the results you're after. If you know your purpose, they can help guide you. They can let you know, do you have an information deficit? What else do you need to know? They can help you to know, hey, what you've heard about this is garbage. I've done it. I can tell you. People who have tremendous expertise in a particular area and who are producing results consistently, that's our goal, to hear from these people the information, the ideas, and strategies they believe will make a difference because it's proven. The fourth challenge with information is obvious. Information overload. Being in this information age, we've got to learn to break through and find out what information is really relevant to what we want personally. You've got to finally say two things. One, what is the best source of my information? Two, what information do I specifically need to get a hold of? And three, what's the timeline for this? I could gather information for the rest of my life. There's a timeline where I'll have to have gathered enough information that I've got to make a decision. And when that time comes, make your decision. And finally, five, remember, with information, whatever you feed on consistently will shape your life. If you constantly feed yourself with information about how terrible the economy is, you're going to feel overwhelmed. If you constantly feed yourself with examples, stories, people you seek out who are doing well at any time, then pretty soon you're going to start to feel that same sense of certainty that will empower you to find a way to take your business, your career, your personal life, your relationship to the next level. So there's a common theme here. And I've been talking real fast because I'm pretty excited about this issue. If you, in case you haven't noticed, my excitement about this issue is that I look around and I see so many people have given up their dream. So many people are letting their life become like the masses. And my message here is don't let that happen to you. Take control of the information that comes into your mind. Select that information. Have a plan for that information. And get it from sources that do produce results. I've said this again and again because repetition is the mother of skill. The Tony Robbins Podcast is a collection of interviews and stories and is produced by the Tony Robbins team. 
Copyright Rebens Research International.